And hello from Sydney and welcome to the Proof of Concept podcast, the tech show where we explore real life use cases from the field and discuss some of those hot questions in data science and AI. I am your host, Grant Case, and today we are very fortunate to have Tom O'Toole join us. Tom is the Associate Dean for Executive Education and a Clinical Professor of Marketing at Northwestern University in the United States. He is also an accomplished author, a board of directors uh, on CWT, and also a senior advisor to McKinsey and Company. Uh, In addition, Tom and I have worked a little bit together in one of his classes, and I'm very, very happy to have Tom today come to talk to us about personalization. Welcome to the Proof of Concept podcast, Tom. Thank you, Grant. Great to see you again. Uh, Greetings from the campus of Northwestern University just outside Chicago, and look forward to talking with you and everyone. Fantastic, fantastic. And so today's topic is really about uh, something I think is near and dear to all of us, or at least it's something we deal with with every day. And that is really the the concept and idea of personalization. So personalization being uh, if whether we're on our phones, whether we're on websites, even when we're shopping within stores, uh, personalization is something every organization is really uh, engaging in, uh, especially most marketing organizations today. So Tom, tell us a little bit about kind of personalization in general, and what has been your interaction in your career with this concept? Sure. Thank you. And, uh, you know, this this conversation today really brings together uh, two of my favorite subjects that are very much integrated in actual practice these days, uh, which are uh, customer strategy and, and AI. And really where they meet in the middle of these days integrally is at personalization. Because just to put it in some context, uh, you know, today I have, uh, I would argue, and this may be a little bit heretical sitting here. <laughs> we love heretical where, here. <laughs> where brand strategy, you know, uh, was one of the, the the pillars of brand strategy for years. But I personally believe that today, customer strategy is arguably more important than brand strategy. And the the term that you will hear used today is customer centricity. Uh, based on customer differentiation, customer heterogeneity as the foundation of customer strategy to to achieve the aim of growing customer value. If you take customer centricity with the aim of growing customer value all the way to its extreme, Mm -hmm. where you end up is growing customer value at the individual customer level. In other words, personalization. And if you take it to what is the leading edge of personalization today, it is AI-driven, AI-enabled personalization. And so so the the leading edge of customer strategy to grow customer value today is uh, AI-enabled personalization. So that's really how these these subjects are very integrally related. Interesting. And I guess... We kind of start off at the proof of concept podcast here about, you know, around our five questions. And that first question really is, you know, what's the cool stuff we can do with personalization? I think we're all kind of familiar with, you know, when we go on to Amazon today and it's like, here are the products that are similar that you might be interested in. But what are some of the things that we don't know about or we don't think as much about personalization and where? marketers or just businesses in general are really starting to drive a lot of value. 
what we can do today is to optimize, maximize customer value at the identifiable individual customer level at scale, meaning for millions of customers individually simultaneously and do so economically. What's interesting is if you go all the way back to 1993, back in the day, there was <laughs> there was a book. It was you know one of the most popular books, maybe the most popular business book of the year in 1993, uh, called as I recall, one to one marketing. And it was a, a fine book. The challenge was the concepts were right. The challenge was the technology really wasn't mature enough yet to actually do operationalize personalization at scale meaning to have millions of customers individually optimized in terms of the messaging, the interaction, the offers, um, and to do so in real time at scale. Fast forward from 1993 to today, and actually to about five years or so ago, now the technology has matured to the point where we are able to personalize, meaning to differentiate Grant's interaction from Tom's interaction from someone else's interaction in real time at scale and to do that using AI and machine learning to actually personalize the interaction based on patterns in the data, based on, on characteristics of that customer relationship that, that may not even be evident, perhaps even to the customer. Mm, interesting. And I think for all of us, it's one of those, uh, we all kind of hate having the things come to us that we don't have an interest in. Uh, but really, when things are personalized, it's almost a, it's almost an aha moment. It's like, I, I've had that a couple of times on Instagram where it's like, how did you know me that well? <laughs> yeah, well, and you just touched on a very important point, which I will pull out as relevance. You know, personalization right now uh, companies in a wide range of industries are investing in personalization in a big way, and particularly in AI-enabled uh, personalization. And while marketing can be an area that is prone to the buzzword du jour, I don't think that personalization is going to fall into that category. I think this is an enduring phenomenon. Why? Because demonstrably, personalization works. What do we by works? Personalization is an effective means to grow customer value, particularly at the individual customer level. Now, the, the point is that if you look at why does personalization work, why does personalization work so effectively? The answer is because of relevance. And in my you know over-caffeinated little mind, the way that I think about it is that data and particularly uh, data driven driving AI and machine learning, data enables relevance, Relevance increases effectiveness, effectiveness produces value. But what it's really all about is relevance. Yeah. And AI enables us to be extremely hyper-relevant to the individual. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the key for all of us when, you know, how do you create that relevance? And that to me is like that's the as you that's the mana. That's you know, where it all where the magic happens itself. So I guess my next question, you're, you're on multiple boards of directors. You work with a lot of CEOs at Northwestern through the executive education program. Uh, 
we Eli Five, our CEO, but you're Eli Fiving a lot of CEOs about uh, explaining it like it's five to them around personalization. So, how do you have that conversation at a board level about what personalization is? We can talk about what personalization is at the conversation at the board level. It is, you know, or at at any level for that matter. You know, what what is personalization? Personalization is delivering the right message at the right time through the right channel to the right customer. Now that is that uses the word right a lot there. What do we mean by right? Delivering the most relevant message through the most relevant channel at the most relevant time to the customer to whom it is it is most relevant. Now, but here's how I would have the conversation at the board level or at with the CEO or with the CFO. You know, this is not an an exercise in methodology or an exercise in in technical you know, proficiency, what this is really about is growing customer value. That That's how I personally would ground the conversation at the board level or with the CEO or with the CFO is it, set aside AI, machine learning, personalization, all of that. If I'm the CEO, why should I care? You know, and then it comes mm-hmm. down, why should I care? The reason you should care is because what this enables us to do is to grow the value of our customers at the individual level and at the aggregate level. It particularly for, you know, if you think about the customer life cycle and we acquire customers, at mm-hmm. some point we have customer attrition, we try to minimize that. But what more and more companies and what more and more marketers are working on doing today is how do I grow the value of my existing customers mm-hmm. in a situation of greater and greater customer heterogeneity? Mm-hmm. Customers are more heterogeneous than ever. How do I grow their customer value? That's where personalization fits in. And mm-hmm. that's where AI enabled personalization uh, enables us. And that's why the CEO should care. And that's mm-hmm. why the CFO should care. I think you you make up a great point there, uh, drilling down to that individual customer level. Uh, to me, this is not just... You know, we typically talk about personalization on a one-to-one for an individual basis, but it's also for companies as well. If we look across, especially uh, the software as a service space, organizations like Snowflake are growing. You know, we talk about that growth of that individual customer. That's the speed. That's the value uh, that the marketplace or the the uh, the stock exchanges are pushing that because you see. Customer, you know, organizations like HubSpot, uh, Snowflake, they're growing 130, 150% on the existing customer base today. So to me, it's almost like those personalization characteristics that we're talking about at individual, it's almost we're able to talk about that more, you know, across all different customer types, correct? Absolutely. And where, where I thought you were headed, and I think consistent yeah. with your point, this applies to B2B as well as to B2C. Um, in in terms of you know we've been talking about customer as a, a B2C individual consumer you know but substitute uh business organization business entity particularly small and medium-sized businesses uh for individual customer here and everything we're talking about applies and and so absolutely because it you know in either case whether it's whether it's a B2B setting where I say okay we have this existing account, how do we, yes, we want to retain the account. Certainly we want to minimize attrition, but how do I grow the value of uh, the, the CLV? We haven't used the term CLV yet, but what this is all about is driving customer lifetime value. Mm-hmm. And that customer can be 
a an organizational customer, a B2B customer, uh, or that customer can be, you know, a, a person. <laughs> and uh, so, but but in either case, it applies. And and I'll add one more thing to it. It applies in more and more and more industries where because customer heterogeneity, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, customer heterogeneity is increasing across industries. <laughs> and, and that's ultimately what's foundational to, to personalization. And and that is true whether in whether you're in the the retail industry or financial services or travel, but also if you're in the healthcare uh, space or you're in you know any of the myriad of other categories that are now employing personalization. Mm-hmm. The AI, and I guess AI, AI enabled personalization. Absolutely, and I think that especially at the scale that we're talking about in a lot of organizations today, when you're talking about a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, hundred you know, a hundred thousand, a million customers, the only way you're going to get to that uh, level of sophistication is through AI at this point. Uh, and, the, and, and I would even continue multiple millions of multi-millions of customers simultaneously in real time. The only yeah. way you're going to be able to do that, it, particularly economically, is <laughs> uh, is through the use of AI-enabled personalization or AI personalization, as it's called these days. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll stop let's... my, my caffeine-driven monologue here for your, your next question. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about it, compare and contrast. And maybe it's a, you know, we could take this a lot of different directions. So I'll leave it kind of up to you. So when we we look at like personalization, you have B2C versus B2B, you have across different industries, you have an, even a different cross of time. You know, you mentioned that a little bit earlier, like, you know, what the difference is between 10 years ago and now in personalization. So where do you see the biggest contrast, I guess, right now in the use of personalization out there today? I think, um, and, and let me let me focus your question even specifically on AI personalization. Yes, please. Because, because, you know, personalization is a very, very well-established practice these days. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that I, I do a lot of work in loyalty programs for companies, a whole wide range of industries. I would say virtually, if not literally, every company, and so call that 15 or 20 in the last year, year and a half that I've worked with on, on loyalty programs, in every single case, enabling uh, personalization is one of the main imperatives that that they are undertaking. So stipulate that. Uh, so personalization, well established and growing across categories. AI personalization. I think the the really interesting development there is that it has become accessible to organizations of all sizes as the the number of you know SaaS SaaS based uh, SaaS delivered uh, AI enabled personalization tools out there has become very democratized very widely available and so I remember a few years ago at 20, 2018 2019 maybe when uh when JP Morgan Chase there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about how JP Morgan Chase was you know using personalization for uh, to drive their marketing messaging and, and other things. And, and that was, uh, you know, very visible, but I could imagine people saying, well, that's great, but I'm in a smaller company. I'm not Jamie Dimon. I'm not yeah. JP Morgan Chase. I'm in a smaller company. What does this mean for me? Well, fast forward to today and 
and this is is literally i think more true with every passing month there there is a myriad now of providers out there who can provide ai personalization uh for small companies mid-sized companies this is no longer just you know available to companies with the scale and resources of jp morgan chase um so i think that's that's probably the biggest development um, is the what I'll call the democratization, the the availability uh, mm-hmm. of AI personalization to companies of all sizes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that to me is if you're a small business or a mid-sized business today, uh, the ability uh, you have personalization offerings from the cloud, you have uh, from the three different clouds, you have it from SaaS solutions, even within Data IQ itself, we have some personalization capabilities uh, to apply. I guess a good question, a good question to ask you is even the concept of personalization, is it just should we be thinking about it just as AI driven personalization from this point forward? Is, is there any place where you're not doing that today? I think that we're characterizing all personalization as AI personalization can be a little daunting is for companies who are just starting on the personalization path Mm -hmm. and can be sort of a, of a bridge too far at the very beginning. doesn't mean they can't get there quickly, but, but there are certain basic building blocks for personalization, such as having individually identifiable customers, such as being able to associate all transactions with the same customer, such as being able to to track. I mean, these are the basic, you know, fundamental basic data building blocks you have to have. Yeah. That need to be in place in order to employ personalization and, and ultimately AI personalization. And so Mm -hmm. while you know, I, I would say the the state of the art today is AI personalization. The only circumstance where maybe jumping right to that is is a little daunting is when companies are just starting out. Because what you what I'm sure in in what what yep. you do, you know, what what I do often is happening today is for all of the right reasons, retailers, financial services companies, whoever may be saying, we need to start to employ personalization. Like we got the message, you know, there's value being created here. And and so how do we get started on this? And, and those basic building blocks that I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, do have to be in place first. Yeah. We talk a lot about kind of uh, the maturity, AI maturity in my space. And we talk about that, those basic building blocks. So having the data itself in order to do that uh, and what you're talking about, it rings exactly true. And a lot of the customers today, as they start that AI journey, it's like, I can't think about, you know, let, let's figure out the data first and then we'll, we can work on the, the rest of it. But I think what you're saying there is it's a very, uh, it's a fast follow. Once we've got that kind of data infrastructure in place, personalization is definitely one of those places where we can try to, you know, start delivering value very quickly, Absolutely. which, which actually brings us into our next segment, which is one of my favorites, and I think you've already talked about it a couple of times, is how do we make money, save money, or improve the customer experience when it comes to this? Well, I'm going to give this a little bit of a twist for you. I know a lot of your research goes into and around what legacy organizations are doing uh, in terms of their use of AI, machine learning, and building out analytics capabilities. So how do a lot of these... Le- 
how do you talk to a legacy organization? You know, not everybody's Facebook, Amazon, even Dataiku where I live. Uh, but how do you talk to, how does a legacy organization actually make money, save money, improve the customer experience when it comes to personalization? And if you've got any examples, we'd love to hear those. Sure. Uh, let's uh, let's focus on your three questions. How do they make money? By growing customer value, by growing CLV. Uh, meaning how do they make more profit from, from existing customers? Number two, how do they save money? By not investing in delivering irrelevant marketing messages that are that are going to be waste and inefficiency by, by improving the productivity of their marketing investment. And how do they improve the customer experience? By, by making those interactions more relevant. And whether that's an interaction when, when you go up you know, to the the counter at a retailer, and that would assume you know a point of sale enabled uh, system there, or or in other categories. How do you improve the customer experience by making it more relevant? Relevance relevance is in no one's best interest, and <laughs> and so so in irre- irre- irrelevance is in no one's best interest, and so so improving that relevance uh, improves the customer experience, and so. So then how do we explain this to legacy companies? I would say, number one, and I I very intentionally keep bringing it back to and focusing on growing customer value. Because ultimately, if I'm you know the, the CEO, be it the CEO of a big retailer, travel company, financial services company, you know, it can all sound like buzzwords as an end in themselves, when in fact, the, the fundamental importance of growing customer value to drive business value immediately gets everybody's attention and focuses us, whether you're a legacy company or a startup. And so I think that in in legacy companies, the the beauty, and what do we mean by legacy companies? We mean companies that are established, you know, haven't been haven't been, you know, built from the ground up to a They're not something. born on cloud. They're not, you exactly. know, yeah. Exactly. So they've been in they've been doing these these things for decades, whether they're retailers or whatever other category. They've been doing these things for decades. Typically, one of the things that I find find interesting in talking with legacy companies is everyone in every company thinks their IT systems are absolutely the worst and that no <laughs> company could possibly <laughs> have IT systems as bad as theirs. Yeah. And well, the truth of the matter is that everybody's facing many of the same problems is that these IT systems were built at different times in different eras on different platforms often are are uh, the you know the result of acquisitions that were done over time and these systems are being asked to do things they were never designed to do originally in many cases the beauty today i think for legacy companies is that as we touched on earlier so many of the the practices we're we're talking about for AI personalization can now all be done in the cloud through any of a number of providers and don't need to be built internally, where mm-hmm. the internal IT staff has enough to deal with already. And right. and the other the other practical comment would be, again for for legacy companies, you know, it isn't about revolutionizing the the existing practices it's about in many cases refining them optimizing them doing them more effectively and mm-hmm. as opposed to you know we're going to uh we're going to recreate marketing in this company well right. in a hundred year old company it's very well established that sounds great in the book in actual mm-hmm. practice you know it has has a number of challenges on the other hand we're going to 
refine, increase the effectiveness of, increase our productivity, optimize, mm-hmm. continuous optimization. Absolutely. And, and so I think that's, you know, for, for legacy companies, as we said, you know, who, who aren't AI uh, native, so to speak, um, right. I, I think that's the path forward. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that you brought up something there that I think it is a way when I'm discussing it with clients is it's not revolutionary. It's evolutionary. This is, you know, while it may be, be revolutionary on your PNL, um, it's evolutionary in the way you think. This is the next step on how we might be able to go down the down the path. And we'd love to hear your your ideas. How do you think about personalization? Are you are your organizations implementing it right now? Please drop us a comment here on LinkedIn or uh, on Facebook. And of course, anywhere else you might get your podcasts. So, Tom, I'm going to put on, I want you to put on your prognosticator cap, put on that, that magician's cap and tell us kind of, you know, what does the future hold here? And, you know, how do you might think of it, you know, in the next two years versus the next 10 years? Because even if I look back 10 years ago, like there's, I remember when I was, I purchased my first Dell computer way back in, you know, in college. Right. And that was my first interaction. It's like, holy, wow. I can actually click around and get the actual system I wanted. You know, if you told me what, what we're seeing right now today, I would be like, how would you ever do that? So what do you kind of see in the future for this? What, what I, not just I, what, what, you know, we see emerging today is, what uh, uh, really, what I thought, very interesting, great book by two Wharton professors, a book by the name of Connected Strategy, uh, the title Connected Strategy, you know, described how we are moving from uh, episodic interactions, episodic transactions, as they described it, to continuously connected customer relationships, where you have a rich flow of data, an ongoing real-time rich flow of data. What I think is really going to take this to a whole different level is when we combine that that ongoing connected customer relationship, that ongoing rich flow of information with AI personalization. And let me give you two examples to illustrate. We're not talking, you know, something Mm -hmm. off. You know, the first example is right here, my Fitbit. I am, you know. Heavy duty Fitbit user, love my Fitbit, you know, so obsessed <laughs> about my Fitbit. And and I look at this device and say, okay, now with the data that's coming off of this device, uh, what can we do in the way of AI personalization? Or as the founder on a on a podcast a while ago, I heard James Park, the founder of Fitbit, say, you know, our users aren't interested in being told what they did. They're interested in coaching behavior on what to do. Well, the possibilities for doing coaching behavior with AI personalization coming off of the, the data that's coming off of a Fitbit, I think are just absolutely fascinated because I'm willing to speculate that probably by looking at my data, they can tell when my workout regimen has changed. Probably say, oh, it looks to us like you've added some strength training into your workout. It mm-hmm. looks to us like 
you know, you could improve your whatever performance based on this and do really fascinating coaching behavior. Now, let's move it out of the, the Fitbit to a little more uh, advanced example. My wife wears something called a continuous blood glucose monitor, which is throwing off a continuous flow of data uh, on, on her, her blood sugar. Now, if we think about what, again, obviously all of this requires permission by the, the patient mm-hmm. or the customer. We'll just stipulate that at the outset. You know, yeah, yeah. privacy is, is critical here. Now that gets really interesting about what could you do in the way of AI personalization uh, if you've got that continuous flow of data coming off of a blood glucose monitor. Now, let me take it to a totally, totally different type of connected relationship. John Deere, the, you know, the, the, green agriculture equipment that, you know, you see in countries all over the world, you know, where you are, where I am, you're everywhere. John Deere is very, very advanced in the use of, again, connected relationships through Internet of Things with those vehicles. And so whether it's the farmer sitting in her tractor and the data coming off of her Fitbit, or whether it's the tractor throwing off a continuous flow of information to optimize, i.e. personalize, the the fertilizer application, the the seed application, and so on and so forth. In both cases, what you see is what when we connect connected customer relationship connected customer relationships with that ongoing real time flow of information with AI personalization. I think it changes the whole ball game and takes this whole to a different level, all to a different level. And that's what what I personally think is uh, really really fascinating to think about. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if I'm looking in into the future when it comes to personalization, it's almost becoming hyper uh, because we can start to take things, not just how I look at things like TikTok uh, and Instagram and what are the things people are liking together. So it's not even we we talk about going to one to one, but it's almost like coming back up, up again you know, how do we look at groups? How do all these groups start to interact with each other? Uh, so I start to think about kind of graph theory and how, you know, who are the influencers of these different individuals and how can we help personalize individuals and in their interactions with each other based upon just a little bit of information from just a part of the graph itself. So for me, that becomes kind of a really interesting concept of how do we start to take what these individuals are doing and bring it up one level in terms of from a group perspective and how they might start to interact. The second piece for me is always, uh, we talk a lot about on here on the proof of concept podcast is responsible AI. And this is an area where we start to, uh, we start to almost get a little bit, uh, nervous, uh, as a society, uh, I think we can all uh, we can talk about an organization that's just north of you in Target, and what happened with. Uh, we'll put a link down in the URL. Uh, a few years ago, Target basically started to get personalization around uh, ads and started to understand when women might be actually pregnant, and got really really good at it to the point that one individual, uh, a woman uh, who had a pastor father. Basically, she was getting these circulars from Target about baby stuff. And he's like, why are you getting this? And it's like, oops, you got it. So the fun- the funny thing about that, though, is now Target to kind of dissuade a little bit or not to become as 
not to look too big brotherish, actually started to interject uh, errata into the into the circulars themselves. So they might have a few elements of that, but they'll also hear, you know, here's a tire equipment uh, that might get interjected into it. So for me, that becomes, it'll be really important for a lot of the CEOs, the CDOs as a part of this conversation. to so at least understand, you know, what are those, what are the guardrails um, uh, around personalization? Because I do think it, you know, coming back to the one thing you kind of hit on and we may even talk, this might make it into the title is relevance, right? Personalization is relevance. And I think that's the one thing marketers have you know, tried for the last, you know, 70 years uh, for modern marketing to actually build for individuals is that relevance. And, you know, the more they can do that, the better. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the crux of it comes down to uh, there, there's growing evidence that personalization demonstrably works. But the question is, why does it work? What makes it, well, what, what makes personalization work is relevance. And AI personalization enables us to create hyper-relevance and even what I'll, to coin a term, predictive relevance, meaning mm. we know something that is going to be relevant. We can discern, predict, something's going to be relevant to the customer before she or he even realizes they're going to need it. Yeah. And I think we're all starting to see a little bit of that in our Instagram feeds and TikTok feeds at this point in time. So Tom, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on the proof of concept podcast. And we'd love to hear your predictions as well here. Uh, please drop us a comment, uh, a like here on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so Tom, thanks so much. Uh, anything, any place where people can catch what you're doing these days? Well, not uh, off the top of my head. I mean, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, you know, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, probably now that I'm thinking out the answer to your question, probably the best place uh, for someone who has nothing better to do in life than follow what, what I may be doing. Uh, LinkedIn would be the best place to do it. Yeah. And always, and, glad, always glad to connect with people who have similar interests. Yeah. And great, Tom. And I, I know you've done a lot of great articles in this area and I'm and everybody should pick up a, a couple of those. So thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for listening to the proof of concept podcast. Take care and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Grant.